Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Bonjour, can you hear me? Yes, Feliz Sabato, we're hearing you. Okay, thank you. Happy Sabbath to you and to the rest of the family around the world. And my song tonight is My Maker and My King. Dear Lord, please bless this uh, song and please help me to sing it in Jesus' name. Amen. My maker and my king to thee, my all I owe. Thy sovereign bounty is the spring whence all my blessings flow. Thy sovereign bounty is the spring from whence all my blessings flow, the creature of thy hand, on thee alone I live. My God, thy benefits demand more praise than I can give. My God, thy benefits demand more praise than I can give. Lord, what can I impart when all is thine before? Thy love demands a thankful heart, a gift alas how poor. Thy love demands a thankful heart, the gift, alas, how poor. Oh, let thy grace inspire my soul with strength divine. Let every word each desire and all my days be thine. Let every word each desire and all my days be thine. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Sister Walters, indeed, for that song that Jesus is all mercy. Let us ponder on those words. Thank you so much, Sister Walters, for singing that song, Our Maker and Our King. And now we're going to indeed look for a word from the Lord, and let us pray as indeed uh, Brother Patrick will come forth 
Let us pray. Father in heaven, we continue to give you praise. We thank you for all the praise report that we have heard that have encouraged us, Lord, that you're still working in the meantime. Even though the storms are rough and our ship are being bruised, but our anchor hold and grip you, Christ Jesus, who is our solid rock. We thank you, Lord, for all the praise report, for all the testimonies of what you have done and what you continue to do. We need a word from you, Lord. We hunger and thirst for thy word, Lord. So we're asking you now, Lord, for your leading of your word. And we pray now that you will use your servant, Lord, to deliver a word that we may be encouraged, that we may know that truly indeed that you are God. So we give you the worship now, and may your joy be full in us. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. I want to give God praise, Brother Patrick, indeed. Come on forth. Step forth, my brother, Amen. in Jesus' name. Praise God. Go ahead. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Andrew. Happy Sabbath to everyone. God is truly an awesome, powerful God. He is able. I just want to praise the Lord. My week was pretty busy, as usual, but I'm just thanking the Lord for the Sabbath hour. Um, Just want to let you know that Tomorrow morning, if you're interested, I'm doing a, I'm doing 12 things about prayer. And this is a church that is 17 hours flight, I think, away from here. So, And it's going to be 6 o'clock in the morning. So if you want to be part of it and just listening, you could email us or send us a text and we will send you the Zoom link. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. Six tomorrow morning, I'm doing an hour and a half presentation for a church way over across the other world. So, if you are interested. So, um, without further ado, um, tonight we're going to be savored again with the man of God who's going to lead out Pastor Saw and his team, his elders, Pastor Saw. We're going to turn the program over to Pastor Saw as we keep him in in prayer. The Lord has been using him mightily, and I know he just returned from his trip. So, and I know one day we're going to interview Pastor Saw about Adra, you know, and what's Adra doing and where they are in different countries around the world. Okay, Pastor Saw, take it in Jesus' name as the Lord will lead you and your team. Go ahead, Pastor Saw. Remember to press star, star to unmute your phone. All right. Is that, thank you, Elder Patrick. I hope you can hear me. Thank you for the gracious and warm welcome and the kind words of introduction. It's a pleasure to uh, be with you all this evening and to work together for the honor and glory of God and for his coming kingdom. I want to extend a very... Blessed and happy Sabbath to each and every one of you. A Thanksgiving Sabbath. In fact, every Sabbath should be Thanksgiving. What do you say out there? I believe that we ought to uh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he's worthy to be praised. In everything, give thanks. That's why the psalmist David says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for his good and his mercies endureth forever. Yes, I, I want to thank God for traveling mercies. Uh, I was visiting uh, some of our projects uh, out in Western Canada from 
Manitoba to Saskatchewan and Alberta and uh, Vancouver. I want to tell you that flying is not enjoyable as I as we used to think. You know, it's long, uh, not long lines, but the lines are long, although there's not a lot of people traveling, but there's still a fair amount, and there's double screening, and you have to wear masks on a plane. Uh, but nonetheless, God is faithful, and his work must go on, and his work will go on, and his work will prosper, because God is still in control of this world and his work. And uh, the gospel must go around the world. It must reach people, and through Adra's efforts, it's reaching people in many ways and uh, uniquely where we cannot necessarily conduct uh, evangelistic meeting, etc. The work of ADRA is one that it's humanitarian based. And so Jesus meeting the people where, they're, where they are at their point of need. Uh, our work this year was response to the COVID-19. So it was a COVID-19 emergency response and we were able to meet over 40 projects across Canada, food-based needs or food security needs. Uh, we worked in very uh, underserviced areas. We worked in inner cities. Uh, we were able to partner with churches and food banks, our very own, to provide food. Um, and it was through a food bank, through some uh, meal preparations. Uh, it was amazing. In fact, we even had some projects in our First Nations uh, all the way up to the Arctic Circle in the territory of Nunavut, in Igulik and Iqaluit. Um, so from the West Coast to the East Coast to the Arctic Circle, um, God is blessing and extending the work of ADRA, which is the Seventh-day Adventist uh, humanitarian arm. It's the church's humanitarian arm. So, so we're so grateful that many people will come to know Christ through the ministries of compassion. And this is what Jesus did. He was moved with compassion. And he first gave them bread and he, he met their needs. And so may God help us to uh, minister and to meet those needs and continue to pray for us at Adra and the work that we do and and uh, and, our, and myself as well. So please continue to pray for. And if you want to also um, be involved in some way, you can always visit the website that... Uh, www.adra.ca. But what I want to share with you was uh, a brief thought, and I have a very uh, good friend, a longtime friend and brother, one of my trusted friends, one of my brothers, and one of my former elders uh, that I worked with at one of my former churches while I was pastoring there. He is going to share a word with us momentarily. I will introduce him, but I just want to Segway, before I segue into that, just give an introduction to a word. You know, um, someone mentioned this powerful text in Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. And I just want to read it just one more time. So just pray with me, and then we'll get right into the word again. Oh, God of our salvation, thank you that you are the living word. And as we come into your presence, Lord, we are unworthy, Lord, and we are undeserving. But we thank you that Jesus our Lord and Savior, he alone is worthy. And as we come to open your word, bless your word. May it go forth with power. May it be led. May it be infused, O oh Lord, with the Holy Spirit, because your word is powerful and quick. And may it bless your people this evening. With joy and thanksgiving, we pray and ask you and thank you for sealing your word and sealing each of our lives, O oh Lord, by the Holy Spirit 
is our prayer in Jesus' almighty name. Amen. Exodus 14, verse 14, which we heard, and uh, I read for you, it says here, And the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Now, that word is the powerful word. There's, there was something I was waiting for uh, for a long time. I was waiting for a breakthrough. I was waiting for a breakthrough for an answered prayer. Um, it had to do with getting out of a situation that was very difficult financially, and I was waiting on the Lord for breakthrough. It would turn from days to weeks, from weeks to months and months to some years, and I was praying that the Lord will make a way and open a door. And I tell you, God is faithful. When, when we are at a point of need, when there is no other option, when we've exhausted all of our options and all of our strategies and all of our logistics have been depleted, that's when we begin to see God intervening in a very special, in fact, it must be so, so that there is no mistake that it, this is what we call indisputable and irrefutable evidence that God has done this work. And so after much prayer, after much prayer, just a few days ago, God answered prayers and God opened a way that seemed to be so blocked for so long. I want to talk to somebody here today and I'm going to, I'm going to segue in by introducing my brother, but here is a very important word for us. That Exodus 14, verse 14, and the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I want to share with you just briefly what that word means uh, in the original language. So when I, when I did a little bit of homework and I, I did a little check on the word, the word when the Bible says the Lord shall fight for you, it simply means the Lord is going to consume in battle, he is going to devour, overcome, prevail. He is going to do battle for us. And then the word peace is powerful because, in other words, in the original language it says that the Lord is going to bring it all together. He's going to uh, cause things to cease. So it means to be still, to hold our tongue and not speak a word but to be quiet and to be calm. This is very, very important. So in other words, we can read the text by saying it this way. Um, the Lord will fight for you while you only need to keep silent and remain calm. Now, now you've got to understand that the children of Israel didn't understand that. They, they were murmuring and complaining, and they were quarreling with Moses, and Moses had to remind them, stand still. In the following verse, stand still. Now, I don't want to get into that because that, that's, a, that's a whole word all by itself, but simply to focus on 14, verse 14, chapter 14, verse 14. The Lord promises that he will fight for you. He will devour the enemy. He will take care of, of us if we would just remain and all we have to do, all we need to do is to keep silent and remain calm. In this time of COVID-19, this pandemic period and crisis, we need to only keep silent and remain calm and wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And finally, I leave with you Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, 
very similar uh, reference, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Who are we trusting in times like these? That's my question for you. I want you to ponder. I want you to think. I want to introduce to you uh, a, a very special friend, my dear brother and elder Richard Green. Um, I have worked with him. I have prayed with him. The Lord has been doing some mighty work, and God has recently just just gave him such a powerful wake-up call and revelation. He is a man of God, a man of prayer, and I want to introduce him to come and share a, a short testimony and a word in due season. The Lord has given him some powerful messages, and I know that God is going to continue to bless his ministry. We're so grateful that God can bring us together wherever we are. There is a word from the Lord. There is always a word from the Lord. And I pray that God will use him even now as we invite him to come on board. Um, Brother Richard Green, Elder Richard Green, I'm going to invite you to come on board. Just hit uh, star, star to unmute. And I pray that God will speak through you uh, in, in what he has laid on your heart. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Saul. Amen. Happy Sabbath, brethren. It's uh, the privilege to, to join prayer line this evening, Brother Patrick and uh, friends, and hear the testimonies of how God is working. God is alive. He is upon Amen. the throne. He is seated upon high, and he is listening with an eagerness the cries of his children. We, we read about crying between the porch and the altar. We read about the need for watchmen to stand in the gap. And I think as prayer warriors, sometimes we take this calling ever so lightly. We, 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 we zoom over passages where one can chase a thousand and two can chase 10,000. What does it really mean? Do we not know that with the power of God that our prayers can immobilize legions of Satan's armies? Heavenly Father, as we bow before your presence, we give you praise and thanksgiving. Yahweh, God of hosts, Lord Sabawath, we bow before your presence, come before your wonderful throne of grace in the name of Jesus, seeking you, O Lord, for the endowment of your spirit. Hide me behind the cross, O Lord. I am wretched, poor, miserable, blind, and naked. My only hope is Christ's robe of righteousness. And I pray now in this hour that you may hide my leprosy, hide my sin, and may you speak through me in this hour so that even one soul may be blessed and edified to come closer to your throne of grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, tonight I'd like to touch briefly on the subject of heavenly collaboration. Throughout scripture, we notice that the power of God is made more manifest within relationships. I think of Mary, Martha, and Jesus, and Lazarus. I think of the interactions that they had where some were weeping and crying, reaching out to Jesus, asking, why did you not come in time before our friend Lazarus died? But Jesus waited, and he waited. And you see, when God decides to use his appointed time, it's not just any frivolous time. It's so that the glory of God can be manifest and maximized. In the case of Lazarus, God waited until Lazarus was and they call in Jamaica, dead, dead. His body was stink. It was stench. It was rotting. But yet Jesus tested their faith and said, remove the stone. Lazarus, come forth. The glory of God was magnified. 
I think of Jethro and Moses, Moses, a man of God who took it upon himself to think he could do everything in his own power, but he had to be humbled by his father-in-law to teach him how to delegate, how to have structure, to how to work efficiently and effectively and have what we have come to realize today as a system of judges. I think of Deborah and Barak, a woman of God, a prophetess who had to go to Barak and ask him to go to war. And even in Barak's fear, Deborah went with him to accompany him. God is not only calling men, but women of God to collaborate. I think of Gideon and Joash, where Gideon got up in the middle of the night, if you remember in the scripture, and he tore down the altars of Baal. And Joash stood before him in front of the people who wanted to kill him. His father stood before him and interceded for him. It shows us the importance, again, of relationships, the power of God being manifest within relationships. In the Jewish law, if you recall, uh, it's, in order to convict or to charge someone, you need at least two witnesses. Uh, they had a, a mentality of a community mindset versus an individualistic mindset. In the, in the body of Christ, there is no individuality. There is no I. There is no me. There is only the body and the whole. There's an African proverb. We all know it. says it takes a village to raise a child. And God himself reminds us and says that we are his witnesses. First Peter chapter 2, it says that we are living stones, building a spiritual house. But what is the difference between the knowledge of God and living, experiencing it? We can look back at the Pharisees and how they knew the Bible inside out like the back of their hand, but yet the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, was right in front of their very eyes, fulfilling the very prophecies that they had spoken of. But because it wasn't to their liking, his form wasn't as comely, he didn't represent the king that they had in their mind and envisioned. It went contrary to what they had hoped for. They had lacked faith. It's so important to make this point that we can have all the knowledge of Scripture, but unless it becomes alive and breathing and living and we experience God as Adam experienced God face to face, then this is just an exercise in futility. There are many atheists who know the Bible but are not converted. Let that sink in. We hear the term, let go and let God. But what does that really mean? Sometimes we need to get out of the way, as Pastor Saw said, to be still in God's presence, to allow the rhema, the spirit of God to come upon us and speak life and truth in our situation. God never does anything on his own. Search in the Bible. I can't find it. He said, let us make man in our image. Jesus worked with the Father, John 5, verse 19. He collaborated he follows his father's footsteps and the moving of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit worked with Christ in the same way he's working with us. God even asks us to participate in his work through prayer. You know, except through, Jeff, except through death, that's the one situation where Jesus did everything on his own. He has the keys to life and death. In Psalm 34, verse 8, one of my favorite verses, it says the taste Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. I want to ask you a question this evening, brethren. Do we still fear God? What does it mean to fear God? 
in Isaiah, it talks about the fullness of the Holy Spirit to receive, to receiving the, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of the fear of the Lord and the spirit of knowledge. What does it mean to fear God? We read over the three angels' message over and over, fear God and hit, give him glory for the hour of his judgment has come. But how do we really perceive God? In your conversations with the Lord, where do you place emphasis on your possessive pronouns? Are your prayers sounding like I, me, and my? Or are you praying on behalf of we, us, and they? Are we praying for my job, my house, my car, my wife, my husband, my kids? Or do we recognize that we are simply stewards over that which God has placed us in charge of? It's God's job, God's career, his house, his car, his family, his bank account. It's a blessing to work for the Lord. It's a blessing to be called God's child. We don't say, I am my own child. Why don't we see the power of God manifest in our lives as much as we'd like it to? I heard a beautiful testimony earlier of a sister who said that prayers were answered and cancer was no longer found in the body of this other individual. And I think, praise the Lord. These are the good reports that we ought to be sharing and experiencing. That's what it means to experience God, to taste and see that the Lord is good. But the question begs, how deep is our relationship with God? How deep is our relationship with others? In the book of Acts chapter 2, we, we see when the disciples were in one accord on the day of Pentecost, they had prayed and they had confessed their sins and they were in unity. There was a certain level of harmony. They could share their innermost struggles. They could share and say, hey, I'm struggling with smoking. I'm struggling with vaping. I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with the love of money. I'm struggling with gambling. I'm struggling with drinking and not feel offended. Because they were seeing each other on the same playing field. They weren't looking up or down. The only up they were looking at was at God in the heavenly courts in the most holy place. And the only time they were looking down is when their face was prone on the ground and they were praying. In Jamaica and the Caribbean, there's a saying that goes, now watch their face. The same true applies here. What does it mean when the disciples were in one accord, when they confessed to one another and there was unity? You know, there's a sweet aroma, the Bible says, when our prayers ascend before the nostril of God intermingled with Christ holiness and his righteousness in such a way where God the Father smells this aroma as he smelled the burning sacrifice back in the day. He smelled our prayers as sacrifice today. And because they're intermingled and interwoven with Christ's righteousness, he perceives those prayers as his own sons. And because of his love of the Father for the Son, he cannot deny the Son anything. Are our prayers in alignment with God's will? Or are our prayers aligned for selfish gain? This is when the presence of God is being able to manifest. When our prayers are intermingled with our prayers of the, high, the prayers of our high priest. You see, in 2020, yes, we don't sacrifice animals and bullocks and sheep and goats and doves like they did in the sanctuary system. But today, God gives us the opportunity to choose to be obedient 
obedience over sacrifice. There might be things in your life that God is weeding out, but won't you just let him do it? There might be things in your home even now, physical objects that have no need in being there. These create strongholds. These create places that we cannot let go of. Recently, even this year, I, I, I was given the PlayStation. Don't ask me why I'm playing PlayStation, brethren. But there's a game called Call of Duty. And I became very good at it. Where essentially I was a soldier on the battlefield and I was killing people. And I enjoyed it. I can't tell you what it was, but it was a game to me. It was virtual. The Lord came to me and said, look up your statistics. It had read 18,000 kills. And the Lord called me a murderer. I said, but God, it's a game. The Lord said to me, as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. The Lord brings conviction to things that we may think are pleasurable, but we refuse to let go of. You see, a good litmus test when we are in doubt if we should be doing something is to ask ourselves, would we do this if Jesus was right next to you? How about your pastor, the elder, your neighbor, your spouse, your child, your parent? Would you be doing this X, Y, Z? if those individuals were right beside you. Tonight, God is calling us to remember that he desires for us to live transparent lives, not in heaven, not in the new Jerusalem, but now. While we're here on earth, this is the process of sanctification. It's an inner heart work that involves open heart surgery. I don't know if you know this, but God the Father, God Almighty, was the first surgeon. He put Adam to sleep, anesthesia. He took out a rib. He cut him open, one way or another. And God is desiring to remove our heart of stone and to give us a heart of flesh. But the question is, are you willing to hold on to your pet sins to meet out in the manifesting power of God? As I wrestled with God earlier this year during COVID and battling depression and having these dark clouds over my head and wondering why, oh God, is this happening while I'm there playing video games and murdering 18,000 people virtually. The God spoke, to, God, Lord spoke to me and impressed on my heart, Richard, if I were to do what I did in the day of Pentecost, in this moment, would you be ready to receive the fullness of the latter rain? And uh, I wept. I lamented and I cried and I said, God, I'm not ready. I need more time. And the Lord revealed to me, listen, I've given you COVID-19 as a blessing in disguise for you to be locked down and in my word. And where have you been? What have you been doing? I've given you CERB. You have no excuse why you have no money. But yet we find excuses. Our days get busier. And we choose to ignore the call of God. Do we cherish our sins so much? that we would prefer our sins over the promised outpouring of the latter rain? This is a question I wrestle with. And I said, God, I would be distraught if your Holy Spirit began falling on everyone else except for me. I've waited my whole life for this moment, looking forward to the coming of our Savior. I, in my own strength, cannot run this race on my own. So, Lord, run it for me. Search my heart. And God will if you really allow him to. But are you willing to collaborate with God and heaven? The cherubims and seraphims who have not fallen, who are eager 
to be dispatched to our assistance to help us in a time of need. God is seeking prayer warriors, watchmen to stand in the gap, watch women to be politically correct here, to weep between the porch and the altar. God is seeking missionaries to work the fields of the GTA of Ontario. Yes, we can go out of province. Yes, we can go to Africa and Israel and the ends of the earth. But God is saying, right in your own neighborhood, yea, right in your own house, is the mission field that he's assigned us to begin. But are we willing to bear the torch of Christ? God is seeking co-laborers. I'm reminded in the text in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, where Jesus told him, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth the workers into the harvest field. That word to send out or to send forth or to thrust forth means to ekbaro. It means to thrust forth. And the, the ironic thing in this prayer is that we are praying to the Lord of the harvest to send ourselves out into the harvest. But when God gives us the opportunity to share his word, we become timid. We become shy. We close up and we say, mm, I don't want to impose. But what are you imposing? Eternal life? the freedom from guilt and shame, salvation through Jesus' name. Brethren, do not, do not believe the lies of the enemy. God has given us an opportunity in every season to reach one another and to uplift and exhort our brothers and sisters, especially when they are facing their worst struggles. It's time to ask the Lord to search our hearts and to ask the question, Lord, Yahweh, if there is Sin within me, please purge it out. Please remove it. Please purify my soul as the dross in the fire, as, as you purify that gold. The word says, unless the house is swept and clean, but even after we clean and sweep the house, those demons can come back with more power in their friends. But after the house is swept and clean, are we filling our mind with the word of God? Or are you going to watch Netflix? Are we going to watch a political debate? Are we looking to see what the polls are saying about Trump and Biden, about Trudeau and everything else except the word of God? It's so easy that our minds can be distracted. Brethren, it's time to adjust, to change, and to be transformed. Keeping in mind that our Jesus is not just the humble lamb of God, but he is the conquering lion of Judah. That our Jesus is not just a prophet and a priest with holes in his hands interceding before his father saying, my blood, my blood, my blood. But he is the soon coming king of kings and lord of lords. Yea, crown him even now. The word says, not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit, says the Lord. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The word says about sanctification to the church of God who is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and both theirs and our Savior. Grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. God has given us gifts. He has called us to be sanctified, to be holy, but recognize brethren, that through the chastisement, through the humbling process, God desires the best for us. 
But all he asks is that we give him total surrender. You see, we, we we're not designed, we weren't designed to be limited, to be in a shutdown state, to be in lockdown. We weren't even designed to die. Death is foreign to us. We were designed to live life abundantly forever. God is raising up an army. It doesn't have to be a big one. Matter of fact, I do believe it's a small one, just like how he did with Gideon. And he weeded those people out, 30,000, dropping it down all the way down to 3,000. God demands the glory. But our obstructions involve the idols, the idols and the idolatry that we have placed in our hearts. And he's just asking to remove it from our house, to remove it from these temples that he's given to us as living bodies of the Holy Spirit. Many of us have become something that we're not. We have the choice today to surrender to the will of God. The word says that God resists the proud and embraces the humble. God is draining and shaking the church of those who would rather be in the world. I'm reminded in 2 Kings verses 21, to turn there real quick, verses 4 to 5. Speaking of Manasseh, that he built altars in the house of the Lord, which the Lord had said in Jerusalem, I will put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts and the house of the Lord. And then he goes on, the Bible goes on in verse 6 to say that he made his sons pass through fire. He was doing witchcraft. He consulted spirits and mediums in the sight of the Lord. Here is a man of God with his heart being turned away. God is awakening the world today, brethren. I'm reminded of Hezekiah, another man of God, in that same chapter, or chapter before, in Second Kings, verses 20. Hezekiah had major achievements, and he was calling for peace, and he wanted his life to be extended, but in doing so, an extension of his life, it was the ultimate destruction of him. God had said to him, set your house in order. Hezekiah wept bitterly. We have to trust that God's ways are not our ways. And God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And even as his ways are higher than the earth, so are his thoughts higher than ours. You see, our heart is an altar. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31. Let's turn there. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 to 31. The word of God says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Love your God with all your heart. Brethren, Isaiah says that the glory of God will be revealed to all flesh. Now is the time where we need to speak less and listen more. The Apostle Saul talks about Exodus 14, 14. Listening more, being still in God's presence allows us to hear what he has to say, what he is speaking to our hearts in the moment. Sometimes, you know, the altar, the altar of our hearts, the fires, fires are running cold. When the Holy Spirit is trying to fan the flame, we're trying to avoid it. 
and hide that light that God has given us under a bushel. We need to be eternally minded. For whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will find it. Tonight, my prayer is, Lord, please search my heart. Search our hearts, each person listening tonight, with your eyes of flames of fire. That you would search every crevice, every dark room, every hidden place that we have placed within ourselves, thinking that we can hide from the Almighty God, not knowing that our God is all-seeing, all-knowing. Lord, I, I pray that if we have erected altars and idols within our hearts, that you yourself would strike them down and break them and crumble them into pieces, because we know that you have foretold us that as that rock comes from heaven, it shall smash that image and all kingdoms will have to bow to you. So Lord, may we fall on the rock and be broken instead of the rock falling on us and crushing us. My prayer, Heavenly Father, is that as Gideon got up in the middle of the night and tore down the altars of Baal, that as we lay upon our bed tonight, as you convict our hearts if there is sin within us, known or unknown, if there are idols in our house or things that we are putting our faith in that are above you, may you tear them down and erect the altar to Yahweh, Jehovah God Almighty Adonai, so that we can behold your beauty, that we can come before you boldly, without shame, without guilt, knowing that as far as the east is from the west, the blood of Jesus has made us whole and pure. And you have called us to ekbalo, to thrust out, because the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. But Lord God Almighty, tonight, I pray if you're speaking to any laborers, that they may respond in kind and take heed to your call in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.